You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Ashley Winch from Kansas City, Missouri. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Friday, August 25th, episode 3255, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse people. It's Friday, and another weekend of riding is a few short hours away. Jamie and Glenn are here to help you make it through the day with some fun guests and some really bad ads. Enjoy the show. It's Friday, and Glenn has been on the road. Shockingly, I have not burnt the network down yet. It's still Friday morning. There's time ahead. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to be here with you this morning, Jamie. We have a lot of fun ahead of us. Friday means that it's really bad ads, which I have been dying to be a part of since the last time I was on the show and my router exploded. Oh, that's right. That's right. We had you on going to do it and then you disappeared. I went down in flames on my first week. It was <laughs> it was so embarrassing. <laughs> well, you kept your job. You're all, you're all good. We're we're here to see another day. Next week, who knows? <laughs> And then later in the show, we have joining us uh, Dr. Pardis Madavi, who is the president of the University of Laverne, and she just released this incredible book called The Book of Queens, The True Story of the Middle Eastern Women Who Fought the War on Terror, and where her research led her to learn more about the Caspian horse. So I think we're going to have a great time today, Jamie. That sounds a little heavy and it sounds a little interesting. Like, I mean, I've never even heard any of that, so I can't wait to hear from her. But what I want to hear first, Ashley, is, you know, because your router did explode, I feel like we didn't really get into your horse life. I remember when Glenn was uh, trying to get applications for the job that you now have. Excuse me. And uh, he said, I found a horse girl. I found a horse girl. And so tell us about you being a horse girl. What kind of horses do you have? Oh my goodness. This is my favorite topic and I could go on for three and a half hours, but I will do my very best to give you my elevator pitch. I have been a weird horse girl since I was three years old. Uh, My mom had the passion for riding growing up. Um, Her parents didn't allow her to have horses. So when I was three, I would ride around on our dog. Um, her name was Freebie, and my mom was like, this This girl needs a pony. And so... Yeah, I hope it was a big dog. <laughs> oh, she was. She was this big kind of lab Doberman cross thing. And uh, she was so sweet. God bless Freebie. And she, who was also free, of course. And so um, it was my third Christmas, I believe, and we got this little pony. Her name was Dixie. And my feet didn't even go past the saddle flaps. Like I legit looked like one of those Thelwell pony girls. It was, she's the cutest. She had this big old head. She was blood bay, just gorgeous little thing. And, you know, walk, trot, canter on the lead line. Um, I love to watch the big kids jump around. And so I have a, I started in the English world. I competed in hunter and jump, hunters, jumpers, through to my like mid teens, I want to say. Um, and I was forced to do hunters against my will. My trainers were like, there's, you need to learn how to go slow and be pretty. And I hated it. I just wanted to go fast, like Ricky Bobby. When did you become an inventor? So that was one summer. Um, my trainers. Because you're describing eventing. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) And we got there. I want to say I was probably 13, 14. And my trainer at the time, her mom actually owned a big, uh, a big farm. It's called Fannin Hill Farm north of Tampa. And she did an eventing summer camp. And I just fell head over heels in love with eventing. And that 
just adrenaline rush because I was, you know, a teenager and you don't get hurt, you know. We kind of had the same life. You just got done a little quicker. I didn't start eventing till I was 20 because I grew up in Atlanta and it was only hunter jumpers. So that is kind of what I had to do. And when I was 20, I was like, what is this thing? Because I'd moved to Kentucky and I was like, oh my God, this looks way fun. You know, so I started eventing then. And uh, yeah, you you just, it's hard to look back once you, once you get that going. It it is, you know, just it has everything that I love in it, the fast of the jumpers, the the courage of the cross country, and then the dressage, which I also learned to love. And I actually kind of departed my jumping career, if you will, around the age of 16. Uh, my mom uh, has also been riding along my side that my entire life. And uh, she had this uh, grade quarter horse that her friend gave her for trail riding and one summer, she asked me if I would train him in dressage so that she could do eventing with me. And she competed in like the walk trot 10 inch eventing, adorable. And I said, yeah, sure, you have to pay me with a wakeboard. And I fell in love with this horse and actually went on to compete um, in, I think it was region regionals for uh, region five up in Georgia, actually at the um, the Olympic fairgrounds there with this this backyard quarter horse, and and we went on to to place regionally and and be ranked nationally, and that was something I was so proud of. All of this that you're telling me just sounds like your mom's awesome. She's the best. Like, I mean, she's <laughs> like, you know what? I couldn't have horses when I was young. So first of all, I'm going to get my child a pony at three. And then, by the way, I'm going to get my own horse and we're going to ride together and do, oh, that's why I wanted a daughter. And I ended up with a son who would rather ride motorcycles. Ah. There's still time. There's still time. He could be a cowboy yet. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad you got here and joining us. Do you have horses now? No, I don't. Um, as, as I've shared and as you know, I, I am a military spouse and we move every three or four years. And so, you know, that's just, uh, it's a big expense. And and what I try to do instead is just find stables every time we move. So that's why, you know, why I was riding overseas in Italy and here in Kansas City. I do some trail riding. There's a, a cute little hunter jumper barn. I'll pop over and do some cross rails and stuff from time to time. And uh, yeah, so I just get plugged in everywhere I can because the first, whenever we get orders to move, the first thing I do is find the barns in the area. And as long you know as there's horses, the I'm fine. Military stables, I think, dot com or dot org or something like that. No, I've you never. Know? Oh, yeah. It tells you where the stables are near every military installation. See, so I think I'm. Uh, this is why you might be the better military spouse. Look at you go. <laughs> Look at you go, Jamie. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, hey, but before we get to talking about some other stuff, let's get to our daily winnie. I'm so, I'm not really excited. I'm I'm kind of forced to do this daily winnie. Um, as, as we just mentioned, my mom is the coolest and I gave her my first ever winnie. And my husband came home that day and was so sad he wasn't my Winnie. And I hadn't even he thought has, about it. He has to do something to earn it. He well, get it. he's getting a pity Winnie today. So my- oh, there you go. You got a pity Winnie. There. Zach gets a pity Winnie. <laughs> going to be even matter. Zach, here's what you have to do. You have to surprise her with a horse. You have to just, I, I don't know, you have to do something ridiculous, something funny, something sweet. You have to buy her something that she can brag about you about. Thank you. Let's go with that. I'm, I know he's going to listen. And so basically buy her things, the, all the things. Thank you. The, thanks for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> My turn. Happy birthday. Happy Okay, so I've got to do the auditor's birthdays because Glenn's not here. We've got Carrie Miller, Rebecca Hodgetts, Tyler Gilman, and Jill Elbrick. We wish you guys a happy birthday. And then I have a regular daily Winnie, which goes to my dear friend, Reese Koffler Stanfield of the Dressage Radio Show. She's at Maplecrest Farm in Lexington. And uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my time with her here in a second. But I just wanted to say thanks for hosting me. I appreciated it. It was a, a lot of fun. 
Now, there is another story that has been in the news, and I would have done this as a Daily Winnie, but it's kind of like I try to keep Daily Winnie's kind of upbeat, light things. My husband bought me a horse, like that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, <laughs> so but this one is it is an amazing story, and I just think it needs to be mentioned, you know. So do you know much about racehorses? Um, just that they run real fast. No, I know, okay. I know like the big names, like Ruffian is a familiar name to me. Okay. So, so Ruffian is in the news right now because the New York Racing Association just announced that the remains of Ruffian. So when she died, she died at Belmont and she was in a match race, uh, the kind of like Guyver's girl match, just the most heartbreaking ending to a, a horse ever in the entire world. Ruffian ran her heart out and mm. uh, she actually broke down in the race. They took her in for surgery. Uh, she d- went through surgery fine, but fought the anesthesia and they, uh, in the end had to euthanize her. And she was just a powerhouse of a female. Like she was, she was the seventies Zenyatta, you know? Uh, so she was buried at Belmont, but they just relocated her remains to Claiborne, which is Claiborne has an amazing, if you ever go to Lexington or they're outside of Lexington in, uh, Paris, they have a, a very big cemetery of famous horses. And she's now being added to that, to the Marchmont cemetery is the final resting place. So I guess at Belmont, they were, uh, going to install a synthetic track, which has proven to have a lot less injuries, mm. and a lot, you know, be a little safer. Uh, so they're installing one of those. And so they removed, they moved her remains to back to where she was born, which is Claiborne. So uh, she's one of the only horses that was buried like intact. So I don't know if you guys know this, but horses typically when they're buried and they're, they're famous or whatever, their remains include their head, heart and, and hooves uh, because the head for the intelligence, the heart for the bravery and the hooves for the speed, you know, but she actually was like man of war buried completely intact. And so they relocated her to Claiborne and they're saying she's come home, which oh, gets me a little choked up, but yeah. Um, yeah so, yeah, that, and it's beautiful there. I actually visited uh, a dear friend of mine, Kimmy Risser, has a farm out there in Paris, and we went to Claiborne, and, and Secretariat is buried there as well, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. It's yeah, really right. a peaceful, peaceful place. So, oh, that's beautiful. I got goosebumps. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Now, I know you have a, it's a news story, but it's a little different than the, uh, horse race vein. It is. It is. But it's, you know, it's super important. And I just thought that our listeners needed to know the hottest headlines because we are a hard hitting news podcast Um, here. Okay. We're journalists. We are. We are journalists. We do the research and coming to you straight out of Benton City, Washington this week, guys. There was a a a tragic truck overturn. It's tragedy. I want everybody to know that the driver is okay. So, you know, we can all take a deep breath there. The payload. (sighs) This truck, you know what it was carrying, Jamie? I do because I can see it. But why don't you tell everybody? (laughs) Delicious, delicious, beautiful red wine from Washington all over the highway, just like a tidal wave. Wine. Oh God, how fun. <laughs> I mean, if I lived in Washington, I would have hiked two hours, brought a camp and a straw. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I think it's sucking up wine from pavement and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get some rocks in my teeth. I That's mean, all you think of. Alcohol kills germs, it. right? It's true. The initial tidal wave would have been really fun, um, but I'm glad everybody's okay. And I'm very sad for the, uh, the lost friends are the grapes that sacrificed their life to make the wine that then was spilled on the freeway. But I bet there's some wildlife that had a party. Oh, you know that those deer had a good time. Yeah. Well, hey, before we get to our next segment, I'd uh, just like to thank our dear friends at Kentucky Performance Products. I was telling Ashley that these guys have been a sponsor from the first episode and the first week, 13, almost 13 years ago. So let's hear a little bit of Kentucky Performance Products. He was her first love, the one that started it all. He taught her how to master the posting trot and navigate her first hunter course. They spent hours together exploring the trails and hanging out in the barn. 
His name was doodled on every page in her school notebook. His coat gleamed in the sun as he met her at the gate each day, snuffling for a treat. From the first time she saw him poking his head out of the stall to the last time she patted him goodbye, he was, and always will be, her everything. This love story is brought to you by Nalox Advanced, providing complete support for a healthy digestive tract, which reduces the risk of colic and digestive upset. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. So, Jamie, everyone's dying to hear. Tell us about your trip to Kentucky. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So this is crazy. And I talked about it on Monday's show. Uh, when is, by the way, when you're dealing with Glenn and you need a day off, the best time to ask him is while we're on the air, because then what is he going to do? So I was like, <laughs> I need Wednesday off. Uh, and he's like, you can't have Wednesday off. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be here. So uh, I got a phone call from Leandra Cooper, who was on almost every episode of retired racehorse radio with us. And every, every episode I'd be like, do you have an American Pharaoh baby yet? I want an American Pharaoh baby. Uh, and she, she messaged me on Monday morning and she's like, I've got an American Pharaoh baby. And I think you'd be perfect for him. So, um, there you go. Do with that what you will. And so I um, messaged her back and I was like, cool, I'll come tomorrow. And she's like, <laughs> okay. And so I, I went and booked a flight. My husband's an airline pilot. So we have this app where you can hop on flights mm-hmm. for free that have empty seats. That's just part of the gig. There's got to be some benefit to your husband being gone for of the f- seven days a week. So I had to, there's got to be a benefit. And that was it. So I, I call my friend Larissa, who's always up for a horse adventure with me. And I'm like, Hey, want to fly to Kentucky tomorrow and go look at a horse. And she's, I can't do that. I can't do that. I was like, bummer, man. Okay. I'm going by myself. She calls me a couple <laughs> hours later. She's like, I'm in, I got my whole schedule clear. She had to move the farrier around and all that. So anyway, so we hop a flight go to to Lexington. Now I don't have a rental car. Nothing. I have found I got a hotel room with points. So I'm saving it. It's like I'm making money actually. Absolutely. So I get there and I get it um, immediately call an Uber to take me to new vocations. And so I, I had told Leandra, I was like, I'm going to want to do a pre-purchase. And she's like, you know what? We actually have a standing appointment with the vet. He's here from one to four. And I was like, okay, my plane lands at one I'll be there as soon as I can. She's like, okay. So I I the, the Uber drops us off and we get there and the vet is there and he is working on the horse because this horse just came in, like just came in uh, about four or five days ago, has just worked, just been on the track. Um, and so I walk straight out there and I see Leandra and I was like, I'm here. And she was like, I actually thought you were kidding. <laughs> like, Don't mess with me, man. I'm going to show up. <laughs> so we get there and the, the vet is working on the horse. So I just start asking questions. This guy's awesome. I start asking questions like, okay, what'd you see here? What'd you see here? What'd you see? Hey, can you take a picture of that ankle right there? Blah, 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 all this stuff. And he's like, oh, okay. And so I'm basically doing a, a pre-purchase as I'm standing there. I haven't even ridden the horse yet. I haven't looked at anything. Like, do this, do this. Is Okay, great. So we get through all of that. And I was like, and then I'm looking at him and they're holding his leg up and they're taking x-rays of his back and doing all this stuff. And I was like, you guys, Leandra, I told you I was coming to ride him. How long has he been sedated? She's like, he's not sedated. I was like, no, no, no. He's a three-year-old that's been off the track for a week. He's sedated. Right. That horse did not move. He just stood there like he was asleep. It was the most ridiculous. And I was like, he's not sedated. That's him? That's just him? Yeah. I said, well, let's, when we were done, I was like, let's take him back to stall, let him get a snack and pee. And then I'll uh, take him out and see what happens. And so we did that, took him out. Now the horse, his name is American hustle. Check this out. Okay. His, his name is American hustle by American Pharaoh who was donated by Bobby Fay, Bobby Flay. Do you know who Bobby Flay is? Oh, I know. I know who Bobby Flay is. I am a total top chef freak. Okay, so Bobby Flay owns this horse. Then he wasn't running. The, I, she even showed me the intake form, like reason for donation, slow. 
That was the. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the, the chillest cat ever. And they actually told me this is par for the course for American Pharaoh babies. Apparently, American Pharaoh is like that, like they can lead him around with just the lead rope on like wow put a chain over his lip or anything and he's just super chill uh so this all his babies are super chill supposedly this guy was no different now incredibly back sore muscle sore mm. little sore in a left front foot hoof tested to a little soreness just mm -hmm. his plates pulled you know and so yes there's some things that i saw sure in him but i spoke to the vet and he's like you know you know what i would do with this horse He's telling me, he's like, I turned him out for about 60 days. And he said that they did a study on racehorses when they would come off the track and he would examine them and then would turn them out for 60 days. And he said at the end of 60 days, they were a different horse. So basically every racehorse that comes off the track, he just says 60 days out in the field. So obviously his horse had had that. And I was like, you know what? I'll take a chance. I'll go get on him and ride him. I know he's a little back to where I'll just kind of get in two point and in, in the pictures. I'm just kind of in two points staying off his back. He was delightful. Oh my gosh. Ride off the track and he's just like, okay, cool. Let's go. Sounds good. Whatever. That's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And then new vocations. I've never, of course, adopted from them before, but they, you know, there's a, extensive application you fill out, mm -hmm. which is great because I want to make sure people are getting vetted properly and the application. And then I booked a shipper there in Lexington. So it was easy to get a shipper. And so I, I'm like, I walked up, I'm like, Leandra, I'll take him. Like, I can't see a reason not to. And actually I was kind of like, I don't need another three-year-old. And my friend Larissa was like, if you don't get this horse, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Worst ever. And so we get the horse every, I'm like, I'll, I'll take him. I'll take him. And I literally standing in the barn with the horse paid for him and booked a shipper right then. And he will arrive Monday morning at 4am. So, so from the time you arrived at new vocations, which was maybe around two o'clock yes. to what time was everything signed and done? about well he was looked at by the vet and then i went and rode him and it was really hot so we kind of walked a long time so probably 315 <laughs> <laughs> i think this might be a record jamie i mean and what's funny is just that leander was like i kind of thought you were kidding and i was like no dude i'm here like i'm not gonna lie about that like let's go uh so it was really great so i dropped the horse and it's like 315 and i'm like what do I do now? <laughs> tomorrow at 2 p.m. So we get a ride. Actually, I asked the vet. I was like, which way are you going? And I had the vet. Did you hitchhike? I did. I was like, <laughs> hey, man, you got room for us and a couple little suitcases. And so he moved his dog over and the two of us hopped in his car, rode all the way back. He gave us a ride to the hotel. It was great. Awesome. Oh, and you yeah. squeezed in a vet ride along. I mean. I did. I did. What I a did. queen. So exactly. So it's like four. And I'm in Kentucky and my flight's not for 24 more hours. And we're like, what are we going to do? I'm start texting people. I'm like, what are some good tax shops? Like what? I mean, I don't have a car, so it's not like I can go drive around. I looked at booking a visit to American Pharaoh, but the only available slot they had, which they had one the next day was at two 30, which is when our flight was. Ugh. And then I get a message from Reese Koffler Stanfield at Maple Crest farm. And she's like, Oh my God, are you still in town? What are you doing? She texted me. I was like, I don't have anything to do. She's like, do you think you can come over? We had talked about a horse that she, a really, really sensitive horse that she wanted me to just look at and kind of assess and do a join up and just see like kind of what I thought about him. So I go over there. And, uh, so she, I, I was like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm here. I have all morning. If you can pick me up. So Reese comes to the hotel and picks us up the next morning, drives us out to her farm where I spent the next like four hours. And then the lady's like, who I worked on her horse. She's like, how can I pay? Can I pay you? How much do I pay? How much, how much, how much? She's like, I have to pay you something. And I was like, I'm not taking your money for coming out here at this beautiful place and looking at this horse, no money, but <clears throat> do you have a car? <laughs> i will take payment and ride so she gave us a ride to the airport <laughs> so i'm like this whole adventure cost me 20 dollars plus you know the purchase price of the horse but also shipping but it's like it was free so, I, I i think you saved money on this whole deal and in record time and time is money so you have to calculate that in there too 
You're right. I pretty much made money. So in about 30 hours, I hopped a plane, drove to the airport, hopped a plane, flew to Kentucky, went out and saw a horse, then came back, then went to another bar and then got back on a plane, flew all the way back home the next day. It was the most whirlwind, funny, ridiculous trip ever. And again, one Uber <laughs> the whole entire time. Larissa was like, did you just have to vet for a ride? I'm like, why not? <laughs> We're, maybe he's going the same way. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, it was great. And uh, ended up having a great time. And Reese's place is just the most beautiful place on earth. And I ended up getting to consult on a couple horses and it was just amazing. And I got to saw big Mike and he's just the most giant, perfect angel ever. And it was just really fun and a great trip. And so American hustle will be here on Monday. We cannot wait to see the arrival. Oh he will come and he's going to be turned out and he's going to go live his life for a couple months. And, you know, I mean, I think sometimes people get a horse off the track and they're like, let's get to work. Mm. I will tell you that this was really interesting um, because when I went to new vocations, I was like, I want to see the difference because I train off the track thoroughbreds here. Now, the horses that come to me have gone through a rescue as well, horse and hound in Guthrie. And the horses that come to us a lot of times have, they have like, like one of the horses I have now, born in Kentucky, raced in New York, then back down to like, back to Gulfstream in Florida. And then he went to Louisiana and then he went to Texas and then he went to Oklahoma. And like, like they kind of like start at the top and they just keep getting sold and work their way down, which is what Bobby Flay wanted to avoid by donating his horse when it was young and sound and healthy, because now there's becoming, it's a great thing that there's a value for a young off the track sound thoroughbred. However, not all horses are that lucky to be retired on time. And most of the horses that come to me, I like to say they've been lied to, you know, mm -hmm. lied to by people. Mm -hmm. And so I, I walked around, I was like, I want to see just like what these horses that are born in Kentucky, raised in Kentucky, and then like retired in Kentucky, what is their life like? And, and how reactive, because these horses that come to me, if I wave my hand in the air or just even move too quick, Nine times out of 10, they'll plaster themselves on the back wall to mm -hmm. that they're about to be whacked in the face. And and I, I don't think it's the trainers. I think, you know, maybe potentially if we could educate our barn staff to not hit them with pitchfork or whatever, mm -hmm. doing, I don't know what they're doing. I, I can't get to the bottom of it. Nobody will let me come to Remington and watch. Um, <laughs> but I really, I think that it's, so I walked around the barn aisle of new vocations and I would stand in front of a horse and I'm sure the people thought I was crazy. And I would be like, yeah, and like wave my arms in the air. And the horse is like, cool. Do you have a cookie? Just, weird? <laughs> just completely unfazed. Just like whatever. And I was like, oh my God. So, I mean, I was just blown away at the difference in the, how their demeanor is versus the demeanor of these horses. I mean, and the ones that I have here have had the timeout and the 60 days and the turnout, but they're still very sometimes, sometimes not all very frightened of people. So it's so interesting to see because sometimes I look at, and this is just personal and I'm off track here, but um, I look at videos of people riding these off the track thoroughbreds. And I'm like, how come it's their third ride and they're jumping cross rails. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on the third ride of just like moving around the horse and tacking it up and long lining it and stuff like that. And I, I, I've given myself a little bit of a pass because I don't think these horses that come to me, all of them now, some of them, yeah, but they could, they couldn't handle that. So I'm having to like kind of fill in some gaps that may not be there for, uh, and I'm sure some of the horses that go to new vocations are like that and are reactive, but the ones that I spent time with and American hustle, he don't care about nothing. He's like, cool. All right. Can I have another treat? You know, and my, and my horse is like, Oh my God, you're going to kill me. <laughs> like, like, like I say that when they go to new vocations, they're back to zero, you know, and mm -hmm. like, just work them on their way up. Well, the ones that come to me are like negative 30. <laughs> Work them back up to zero. So that's kind of what I just work them back to zero and then try to work them back up to 20, 30 before they, you know, are returned and go to be adopted. So it was definitely interesting. And I called Nelda at Horse and Hound and I'm like, I'm going to give you some recon on new vocations. First of all, <laughs> we need a really nice covered arena. Second of all, we're really doing a good thing. Like we are really helping horses. Which now, is, I think, 
So important. Yeah. Yeah. I think the main takeaway was how important what she's doing is because she is giving these horses a chance and how important and gratifying what I do is because I take them from, from negative to to up to zero, then hopefully push them on up a little further. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I just, I'm super proud of what we do and I'm, I'm super grateful that I have the knowledge and skill set that, that I can help. And I, I can see it working and I know it works and I'm, I'm really proud of what I do, but it was definitely, uh, th- these horses, new vocations, they are just beautiful and well-adjusted and calm and happy. And it was, it was gratifying to see that, that they can have that, that career, that high level career and come off the track and be like, okay, cool. Like, let's go. And it was so fun to see these off the track thoroughbreds so well-adjusted and happy because most of the ones that I see are not always that well-adjusted. And mm-hmm. happy. So it's my job to get them well-adjusted and happy. And I feel good about what I do. And I feel great about what new vocations does. And I'm really excited to have this new horse. And I know I've been talking for like ever and we have to get to our guests. So I'll shut up now, but anyway, love you guys. I think everybody involved. We're so excited. Thank you so much, Jamie. And after this segment from us rider, we're going to be joined by the author of book of Queens. As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let U.S. Rider help keep you covered. Our equestrian motor plan offers fast, reliable, nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24-7 coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today. Pardis Madavi is joining us to tell us about her new book, which covers the most incredible story about horsewomen that I've never heard of. Parties, tell us more. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, my new book actually tells the story of my grandmother. It's my grandmother's story. Uh, and I'm, I'm a horse girl. And it turned out that my grandmother was also a horsewoman and that we come from a long line of horsewomen warriors dating back to the Persian Empire when these horsewomen would use their horses to actually best some of the strongest um, male conquerors trying to take over Persia. So these women kept Persia safe, these women and their horses. So it, it sort of tells the story of a very long legacy um, of the relationship between women and their horses uh, protecting their homeland. But at, their, at the core of this book, it's the story of my grandmother who... Um, rode Caspian horses, which is one of the oldest breed of horses on the planet today. Um, and she helped to breed them out of extinction, along with an American horsewoman named Louise Firouz. My grandmother, Mariam, um, she would, she loved to ride horses and she actually would use the horses to help smuggle women out of domestic violence situations in Iran. And she would smuggle them from Iran into Afghanistan by getting the horses drunk. And that's correct. You heard me right. Wait, what? They would, yes, I know. I'm like, that's the part where we were like, what? <laughs> so she would make home-brewed whiskey or vodka and then soak the horses, either alfalfa or hay, in the whiskey um, just before they were to make the border crossing. So when they were going to cross from Iran into Afghanistan, she would try to calm the horses by getting them a little bit drunk so that they wouldn't spook at these border crossings, right? Remember, crossing from Iran into Afghanistan, you know, people, people refer to Afghanistan as the graveyard of empires, right? So many wars mm-hmm. after the Russian uh, invasion of Afghanistan, you know, landmines everywhere. And the horses needed to be very calm at the border crossing and also to, to help calm their riders 
who were often, you know, women who were quite nervous. They were escaping. They were running away from from domestic violence situations. And so, you know, my grandmother would also occasionally slip perhaps a little sip of whiskey uh, to, to the riders. But mostly it was, you know, getting the horses drunk so that they would be calm in crossing the border. So what um, were these women hide, like being smuggled, hiding? How were they being, or were they just riding them and like hoping that they weren't identified? Well, they were running away from oftentimes abusive husbands. Um, and so, you know, my grandmother would arrange to meet them kind of in the dead of night uh, and they would run away uh, on horses. Uh, and they would cross the border into Afghanistan um, in the hopes that their, you know, that their husbands or, or, or abusers weren't following them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So but these same women began to uh, they actually worked with a group of horsewomen uh, in Afghanistan who were building an all female army um, living in the caves of northern Afghanistan. And so these same women found their strength, found their voices, were able to heal right through their connections with the horses and find their strength. And they joined this all female horsewomen army that was growing in the north of Afghanistan. And then fast forward over time, these were the same women that actually helped to keep their homelands safe from the from the Taliban. These same women helped to train horses that were then passed to um, the United States uh, uh, Green Berets Special Forces when they arrived uh, in Afghanistan just after 9-11 during the war on terror. Oh, my gosh. So I think of the Chris Hemsworth movie where they're riding the yes. horses. Those were the horses that they trained? Yes. So that was the movie 12 Strong. Exactly. And, you know, one of the scenes in my book, in Book of Queens, I mean, this is this is the untold story of the women, right? Mm -hmm. This This is history. So, you know, one of the chapters in my book actually details a scene the first time when the U.S. Green Berets. So that those same characters, right? The Chris Hemsworth character, those same uh, Green Berets. I detail the scene where they actually witnessed for the first time these women riding in on horseback, right, barefoot with their weapons drawn. And and these women and their horses, the sure-footed Caspian Turkmen horses and the, and the mixes that they were breeding, they knew the terrain better than almost anyone else, right? They knew how to move through pretty difficult uh, terrain in Afghanistan. Uh, and so my book actually talks about how these women and their horses and they and the bond of trust that they had with their horses, that's what actually kept them safe and allowed them to defend themselves from, you know, one of America's most elusive enemies being the Taliban. That is... Oh God, I'm, I'm speechless. Yeah. yeah, I have goosebumps. I mean, this is so... What an incredible, incredible story. Um, could you tell us, Pardis, maybe a bit more about the Caspian horse? Because I've heard of it as a breed, but I'm not really familiar, uh, you know, like what what makes it different what, than like a quarter horse or something. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So Caspian horses, very similar to Missouri Foxtrotters or Tennessee Walkers. They are gated horses. Mm. Um, so they're, they're gated, which makes them, as you know, well-suited for long rides on complicated terrain, right? Mm-hmm. Because of their gait. They have that very smooth gait, very sure-footed. I would say if we were to compare them, I mean, there are Caspians here in the U.S., actually, and there are a number of Caspian breeders here in the United States. But I think if we were to compare them with a, with a breed that's probably most well-known here in the United States, I'd say they're most similar in size and in the riding experience to Icelandic horses or Pasofino. I see. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So we're, uh, here's a question because I can't remember when I was watching that movie 12 Strong, I don't remember it being like, oh, those horses are gated. Did they get that right or did they mess it up? 
I think they met. Um, when I watched the movie, I'm like, wait a second. Okay. The right <laughs> I thought so, because I would usually be like, those horses are gay. I wonder if they meant to do that. So, so now you're telling me, yeah, they, you know, they, there's a little bit of Hollywood. Okay, cool. Gotcha. There was a Carry little on. Bit of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they messed it up. They messed it up. You got that right. You got that right. <laughs> um, and, and also, they didn't even look like, you know, Caspians or Turkmen, right? The Ahalteki horses they didn't even look like those Um, you know Caspian horses are very easy to spot because they have kind of these larger heads right very similar to the Icelandic the 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 thicker necks and the kind of the bulging eyes Um, and and but they they do the thing that Missouri foxtrotters do right which is they kind of they have that swing of their head right they swing their head a little bit Um, uh, but and like foxtrotters and, and Tennessee walkers they have that those really strong, sure-footed feet, and 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 just like we do here in the U.S., I I have a I have a, um, a I have two Missouri Fox trotters myself here in the United States, and you know I, they I ride them barefoot, and it's the same with the Caspians. You know they're, they're they're they do best because they're gated. They do best barefoot. But yes, and I I was trying to watch in that movie. I'm like, are they even barefoot? You know, <laughs> or are they shod? Um, but yeah, well, you obviously got that they right. have to be shod because they weren't those horses <laughs> in that terrain. But exactly. uh, it's like when the the scenes of the guys like learning to ride, it would have been a lot easier had they put them on the gated horses. <laughs> Come on yeah. now, that's what I think, right? And like, <laughs> you know, the guy, one of the characters complains about, and you know, it's, it's that's in that's in the book as well, in, in their in his book as well, but. You know, the guy complains about, oh, my back hurts and my side hurts because we rode for six, seven hours. And I'm thinking, yeah, but if you had actually been on a gated horse, you wouldn't have had that. It's like, it's a <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, so so how did you get all of this information from your grandmother? So it's so interesting because I only met my grandmother once. She died when I was very young. Um, and I, I actually grew up here in the U.S. And I only met my grandmother one time and I was only five years old. She came to visit the United States and I was a very little girl and she gave me a tiny little woven horse. And it was the first time that like my heart kind of, you know, ignited for horses. And then, you know, and then she left. And I, as a, as a young girl, I always loved horses. You know, when you're like, you know, those of us who are just drawn to them, but I didn't know why I didn't know this story. And so fast forward, I'm, you know, a 20 year old, uh, and, and, you know, I had convinced my parents, of course, when I was little to, to, you know, to get me a horse, I rode a little bit, but then, you know, then of course it's, it can be challenging to live the horse girl life in, in Southern California. So, you know, I, I wasn't able to actually take lessons beyond a couple of years, but then, you know, when I was 20, I actually went to Iran um, for the first time. And I went to write about the Iranian women's movement and doing research for a book called Iran sexual revolution. And it was actually there that I rekindled my love of horses. And that's actually where I really learned to ride and I learned to ride those gated horses. And I, and I thought, gosh, this is a totally different experience. And we would go on these long rides into the mountains. Um, and, and because I got, you know, kind of hooked into the horse community in Iran, I was able to meet an American horsewoman named Louise Firuz. Now, her, she was born Louise Leyland. She was born in Virginia, born and raised in Virginia. And um, met uh, met a man named Narsi Firuz, an Iranian man, um, on a trip. Uh, she actually was studying in Beirut, and uh, a friend of hers invited her and her mother to come visit them in Iran. And that's where she met Narsi Firuz, who became her husband. They fell in love. They had this whirlwind love affair, and she moved to Iran. And she and Narsi um, began a horse a horse riding academy um, just outside of Tehran. Uh, and then, you know, it turned out, and I didn't know this, so she, she actually went in search of, she was looking for horses that were slightly smaller and, and more sort of sure-footed than, than the Arabians that she had been riding and training with. 
And so she went on a, a quest to find sort of, she'd seen all these carvings of these ancient Persian horses carved into the sides of palaces, right? So the Persopolis is the one of the oldest palaces on, on earth and she had visited it. And she, of course, her eye was drawn to the carvings of the horses and all the the paintings of, you know, the Persian empire featured men and women on horses. But the horses had this very distinct feature, these, these larger heads, wider neck, um, and, uh, you know, kind of the stockier build. And she thought, well, how come I haven't seen any of these horses? So she went on this tour of the country and unbeknownst to me, she met my grandmother and was introduced to the Caspian horse. And then they started breeding the Caspian horse out of extinction. Now I met Louise in 2004. And at the time, not, you know, I didn't make the connection that she had met my grandmother. And I don't know if she made that connection in that moment or not. But in the few years that I got to know Louise, um, she taught me everything about the Caspian horse. Uh, and then you know, I, I was also doing research on Iran. I was doing research on a sensitive subject in Iran. And, you know, I, I, eventually it got to be too difficult for me to spend time in Iran. So, you know, I mm. was exiled from my homeland. But, but before I left, my last trip to Iran was 2007. And before I left, Louise gave me a gift. It was a little leather bound notebook um, with a little horse kind of emblazoned on the front. And I, I had I just thought it was a you know just a journal, and I kind of threw it in my bag, you know, and it was sort of locked away in a box, you know, that I had given to my given to my mom to bring back to the states. And so everything that had to do with Iran, I locked it away in a storage unit because I was so upset that I had been you know kicked out of my my native country, and I you know I couldn't ride those beautiful horses anymore, and I, you know I stopped riding. I I just everything stayed locked away you know, for, for about 10 years. And then in, you know, 2016, 2017, I started to feel pulled back to the horses. And so back in Southern California, started riding again. And, and, and I started to feel pulled back to Iran. And so I actually pulled out a, a series of boxes from my parents' storage unit. And I opened the boxes and one of the boxes had that, journal in it. And I opened the journal just thinking about Louise because of course she had died in 2009 and I had these fond memories and I opened up the notebook and a letter from her fell out. And wow. in the letter is where she had written to me that I had this legacy that, that oh, it was wow. my grandmother. So you know, this was now at this point we're, we're talking about pandemic time I FaceTimed my aunts back in Iran, the, you know, my grandmother's daughters who are, you know, actually in their 90s. Actually, one of them passed away during the writing of my book, but they were in their 90s. And I said, is it true that my grandmother, your mother knew Louise Firuz? And they said, yes, Louise. And then they, they ran to their rooms and they brought me pictures of the horses and Louise. Let me tell you, up until that point, I didn't even know that I had horse girls in my blood. That's so, so you incredible. Did. You were born that way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it was this like huge turning point moment for me. In that life. is and, an amazing story. Oh, oh, we're running out of time, but I want to yeah. make sure we get in uh, the plug for your book. Where can people find it? What's it called? And uh, yeah, all the things. Yes, all the things. Well, you can find it. It's called Book of Queens, um, and it's by me, Pardis Madavi. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble. It's published by Hachette Books. It just came out two days ago, and I could not be more excited to share my grandmother's story and Louise's story with the world this and the story amazing. of these horses, which is the heartbeat of the book. So oh, awesome. I think horse lovers will love it. Well, Pardis, thank you so much for being on. I could I could sit here and listen to you talk for hours, but I'm going to save it for the book. So Book of Queens, you know where to get it. Pardis, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate it. And hopefully we can have you back when this thing's a number one bestseller. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all. Thanks for what you do. And thanks for having me on the show. Thank you, Pardis. You have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. And before we roll into bad ads, a word from Practical Horseman. 
Train with top hunter, jumper, and eventing professionals anytime, anywhere with Practical Horseman On Demand. Your membership gives you access to hundreds of how-to training videos taught by top-level hunter, jumper, equitation, and eventing pros. Exclusive interviews and lectures, slow-motion demonstrations, insider access to private clinics and lessons, and step-by-step tutorials. New content is always being rolled out, so there are always new videos available on the topics important to you. Join now for just $24.99 a month and take your training to the next level with Practical Horseman On Demand. Pay it! I say pay attention! If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but... He can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. that time of the week that's right really bad ads and ashley is joining us we are for the first time ever gonna let her participate she's gonna stick around hopefully this time and be able to do it really bad ads prizes of course are provided by horselovers.com when you're like prizes what are you talking about yes if you submit an ad you are entered in the drawing to win a prize. Every month, the prize changes. If you send in your own ad, like you record it into your voice recorder in your phone or you're called the voicemail line, you can send that in. You get double the entries. Now, here's the thing. If you send that in, recording it yourself with an accent other than your own because it entertains me, you get triple the entries. <laughs> so that's how that works. Why don't you tell everybody about the first prize? Absolutely. So the first prize is an IR8. IR4G helmet in matte black with a glossy black vent. This helmet combines the latest design with superior comfort, a chin strap with quick release Velcro. It also does, it has a moisture wicking removable liners that you can throw in the machine, which is great. It's so hot. I know I'm a sweaty mess. So, you know, you want to throw your helmet liner in there so it doesn't stink. And different uh, pads there so it can fit your exact noggin. This prize also comes with a helmet bag. That total MSRP is about $250. Yeah, it's amazing. And then we also have the Kensington Protective Fly Sheet and Mask. Now, I love that it's made of this thing called Textiline, and it's fire resistant. I don't know why you need that, but it sounds awesome. It's like Tony Stark invented a blanket, <laughs> like a fly sheet for your horse. UV protection, airflow, fly protection, insects, fire, all the thing. It reflects the heat. It's great. Quick clip adjustable front closures, padded withers, leg arches, two surcingles with snaps, D-rings, and uh, all the things. So it's really, really great. And that's a $250 value. Thanks to horselovers.com. Now, if we don't get to your ad then you're still entered. So if you've sent it in like Margaret, Melissa, Zoe, uh, another a different Melissa, Amy and Rosemary all, all did, you're all entered in the drawing. And uh, first one comes from Elliot, which uh, you get to read. All right, here we go. All right. Horse for sale, $5,300 in Fayetteville. And this is a Craigslist ad, not to be whatever, but that's a pretty expensive price for a Craigslist ad. So this must be good. <laughs> horse for sale, quarter horse. The horse has two years, three months old. The color of the horse is a red roam. He is very sweet. He has been domesticated. The horse will be very intelligent. He has a good walk. I don't think that's worth $5,300. But the thing here that's important to note is he is an incredibly rare red roam, capital R, as in the Colosseum in Italy. Oh yeah, no. This is this 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 animal is a uh, it's a big deal, and he's gonna be smart. He's not smart now. He's not smart now. He needs more um more vitamins, you know. Yeah, exactly. Now I should have had you read this one because this is the Facebook page North Alabama Horses, and you would have had to read it in an accent. But I'll give you an example, and then you'll you can follow, play along next one. <laughs> uh, Molly, that's the title, I guess. Two year old Molly Mule. 
Last time I measured her, she stood at 13.3, might come out to be 14 some odd hands. <laughs> when she's through growing, very green, only two weeks in the groundwork, one successful-ish ride, just started under saddle. Doesn't know nothing, but thinks she knows everything. <laughs> Halter broke. Very weird about her ears. Can pick up all four feet, no problem. Stands tied about as good as a toddler. Cracked out on sugar, but still stands tied. I guess that's supposed to be one sentence, but it's it, like they hit enter. So it's like times. a poem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like the not afraid of vehicles. Something should rhyme with that. <laughs> not afraid of vehicles. Recently dislocated my elbow and can't continue her training. She's not one. That can be left alone for a few months and then be expected to pick up where she left off. She's young and she's salty and she's hard-headed and needs someone that can show her she's not the one running the show. Would make a heck of a mule someday. But not today. Not today. Are you telling me that a horse that's two, a mule that's two years old needs consistency? That's so weird. I can't believe it. But one successful-ish ride? What? I mean, I love the candor and the honesty, I, but I'm a little concerned that this mule is cracked out on sugar. Stands about tied is about as good as a mule as a, as a baby cracked out on sugar, but still stands tied. Oh, my God. I bet that she recently or he recently dislocated uh, his or her shoulder while doing the successful-ish ride. <laughs> I agree completely, and I think that those details were left out on purpose. Yes, so not mm. that honest. <laughs> We're not that honest. The next one we got looks like it is another Craigslist ad from Nate and Katie. Philly, two grand. PH, Philly, like Philadelphia for two grand. This is awesome. Condition, new. Description, one and a half year old grade Philly. She's sweet. Comes to oats working on the halter. She has tiger stripe legs. 2000 or trade for a geek broke horse or an older gentle riding horse. Where's Glenn? We need a geek broke horse. I, you know, I just, again, we, this has been a theme forever is like, I've got this young, wild, crazy thing. And I would like to trade it for like your super well-trained horse. That remains to me. The foundation of these ads is like, who called you and said, you know what? I got this really, really nice trained horse. I've been really wanting to hurt myself. Can I trade you? Would that be okay? Yeah, nobody does that. Nobody. Not to mention. If this ever happened to you, please let me know. I mean, Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y. We love to see it. Yeah. We love to see it. Come on. Uh, Michigan, this is uh, an ad from Kayla, and this is a Facebook page called Michigan Hobby Farms. I swear to God, there's a Facebook page for everything. Looking for a big protective rooster for my flock near Dryden. If he hates humans, attacks everything in sight, and is soup worthy, I want him. PM me, willing to drive an hour. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Soup worthy. So, do you want to, one to protect you, or do you want one to eat? I don't even. You know. I, I guess that's you know. If he's naughty, she can just. I'm gonna make a soup out of you. Uh huh. Then you don't feel bad about it. That you know. I, I don't think I'd give her my rooster. Oh, she can have mine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Next from Christy, we have a incredible incredible deal on a high-end trailer what the hell yeah i'm gonna need to, we're, we're, we'll share our picture uh with you guys this is the most wild thing i've ever set eyes on uh for it's supposed to be for four horses four horse trailer fifteen hundred dollars cow pen south carolina south kakalaki Four horse trailer customized walls. These are customized walls. Is that a joke? Customized walls toward the reel was customized to become a sleeper and storage for travel. It's fully functional as it's a fifth wheel. Asking 1500 or best offer. Just need finishing touches. 
just decide I didn't need didn't need it anymore, and I'm sure someone else could put it to good use. What are you like? Eighty five years old and you're southern. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. There are no walls. It's like a convertible trailer. <laughs> but not like there's a roof. There's a roof and a, a tack room in the front of a gooseneck. We have. This is like a really long gooseneck trailer. Okay. Okay. Like long. It's like a four horse with a front walk in with a ramp area and then a, a, a small tack room and like a living quarters. Just big. But this is from like 19. 19- 72 and there's just something missing i can't quite put my finger on it ashley what is that you know it's not just that wheel on the back right it's all of the walls there's no walls there's i don't know any person who would first of all put this on the road because it says that it's road ready it's it, this is not legal i mean it's just, there's no there's way just nothing there there's just nothing there it's like if you were driving, but you know how when you're driving on the freeway and you see a horse trailer as curious horse people, we always have to go, oh my God, what is that? And you want to like look in. Of and course. Really like see their, either the butt in the back or like. Their ears. Yeah. The window is, is kind of open. Uh, you could see all the horse. All of it. From hoof to, to ear to tail. Yeah. No partitions either. So if you were to put multiple horses in this death trap. I mean, they could just walk right off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. That's, I mean, it must be a joke if somebody's posting those road ready. Ridiculous. All right. The next one comes from Taylor. By the way, that is a really good first time ever bad trailer, Christy. Well done. Uh, the next one comes from Taylor. And this is a picture of a just stinking cute uh, little buckskin. And I'm sure he's sweet as pie. Oh, wait, hold on. I also a companion for this pretty guy. He is a stud, but he needs a friend. Don't matter, Mayor Gelden. He keeps escaping <laughs> on me to go visit the goat. <laughs> Can everybody say it with me, please? Gelden, stop it. What are you doing? Don't put him in the mayor. He doesn't need to have mayor. He doesn't need to have Gelden. He needs to have his nuts cut off. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day. That's all we have to say. He is really cute. He is cute. He's a little cute, <laughs> little buckskin thing. A little cute stud just wants to be breeding on them goats. <laughs> Give him off. Poor thing. <laughs> and from Allie submitted this from Jumping and Dressage Horses for Sale in the Northwest. <clears throat> now we're Northwest, so I don't want to do a country accent. I'm going to be snooty. Maple is a 2017 gorgeous Palomino Quarter Horse Morgan Cross in in Idaho. Overly ambitious adult amateur brought third horse home and husband named her divorce papers. Oh my Kids God. nearly burned down the house making dinner on their own. She's the last one in, so unfortunately the first to leave. Wait, what? So I think she's reporting on herself... For what buying. What do you do with the kids nearly burning down the house making dinner? And her husband's I mean, divorcing her. I don't even understand what that means. So, you know what? Job well done, Allie, because you submitted a really bad ad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our final one is from Jolene. And uh, Jolene, this is a ISO ad. And it's all caps, bold, I-S-O, in search of a brave <laughs> responsible adult who is willing to sit through a horse who is bucking out when he's scared. You must sign a liability waiver. It's really not a bad buck at all. He mostly just launches forward over and over again, but me and my friend are injured and can't hit the dirt anymore with broken ribs and surgery, etc. Must be 18 plus. Well, hell yeah, you better be over 18 years old. I'm throwing your babies up there to get, you know what? Just ride them out, Billy. You'd be okay. It's not that bad of a book. It's not that bad. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sarah, we won't have time to get to yours today as well, but I would like to thank Ashley for helping. I, I have just a, I've got a, I have just a complete crap rest of the day. And I didn't want to talk about it at the beginning of the show, but I have to put one of my dogs to sleep today. And I'm 
absolutely freaking devastated and it's been coming for a long time and she told me this morning that I have to do that and I'm trying not to dwell on it right now because we're still doing the show and everybody's Zenyatta is uh I got Zenyatta on the show 13 she's almost 13 years old so she's been with me since I've done this entire podcast and um yeah, I'm going to go pick up my son from school and we're going to take her to the vet and it's going to really suck. And I hate to talk about this on a Friday, but it has to happen on a Friday. So I just want to let everybody know. And um, yeah, sucks. The, the good ones never last long enough. It, it's a unfortunate reality that all of us animal lovers have to face. And just know, Jamie, we're all sending you big, big, big hugs. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, I didn't give you quite the heads up on that. But um, yeah, I didn't want to talk about it before the show. So now I am going to run and uh, go get my kid from school and love you guys all and have a great day and spay, neuter and kilt. 